0: And sometimes just one idea can transform your life, transform your career, transform your income. And you can become in the top 20%, the highest paid people in the world, in sales, anywhere in the world, if you learn the right skills.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. Welcome back, everybody, to the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. So excited to have a legend in the field, a man that I've read his books, looked at his courses, as well as been just a fan following his work over the years. A legend who has taught about sales, productivity, goal setting, and so much more, has written over 70 books, and that has been translated in dozens of languages. The man has taken a stage and consulted companies. Over 5 million people have had a chance to see him speak live. Over 5,000 talks and seminars across U.S., Canada, and 70 other countries worldwide. The one and only Brian Tracy, who needs very little introduction for all the accomplishments that he has done in his life. The man is the CEO of Brian Tracy International, a training organization for the development of individuals and organizations, and he is here on the podcast today to talk more about one of his legendary books that I'm a big fan of called The Psychology of Selling. We're going to have a link in the show notes for those of you who would love to get a copy of this legendary program, and so make sure you have a look at that at bryantracycom forward slash selling with love. And with that, Brian, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here.
0: Thank you, Jason. It's a delight to be with you. You're coming to us from Bali. I've been to Bali. I've been all over Indonesia. I've also traveled in 125 countries and given seminars in 84 countries. And uh, so I'm not unfamiliar with how people sell all over the world. And the differences are not that great, surprisingly enough. It's not as if European ways of selling are dramatically different from Asian ways of selling and Chinese are different from Indian and Indian and Chinese are different from Australian and New Zealand. The essence of selling is very much the same worldwide. And once you master the foundational skills, it's like learning how to build a building. Once you know how to find the land, clear the building, build the foundation, and then build the walls and roofs. You can do it anywhere in the world. I learned this as a young man, struggling, failing, living in my car, living on the floor of friends' houses and apartments when I was coming up. And I finally learned that there are essential skills that you have to have in any field. And once you have those skills, you have to continue to build on them. You have to identify your weakest skills and work on eliminating them And identify your strongest skills and work on getting better and better at them. And sometimes just one idea can transform your life, transform your career, transform your income. And you can become in the top 20%, the highest paid people in the world, in sales, anywhere in the world, if you learn the right skills and practice them over and over until they're like breathing in and breathing out. You could go anywhere in the world and sell effectively. So that's some of the things we'll talk about today.
1: I love that you label that as a skill because I think it's one of the most important skills for success is the one of sales. Yet you know, there's a lot of stigma. We have an uphill battle. When I started talking about selling with love, some people raise an eyebrow and I know you particularly have noticed some people might have a negative perception around sales, but you label it as one of the hardest jobs in the world when some people think, oh, salespeople, they just barely do anything and they just collect a commission check. Why (laughs) would you say it's one of the hardest jobs for those who might be skeptical? (laughs)
0: Because any Anybody who starts in selling learns immediately that it's not just a matter of making a presentation and getting a check. Let me start off with my own story. When I speak, and I've spoken now to millions of people, when I speak in my notes to the side, I write MOS, my own story. And so I always try to give an example of how this that I'm teaching has affected me. And what happened is I worked as a laborer, I started off washing dishes and I went from washing dishes to washing cars, and from washing cars to washing floors. My wife always gives me things to wash. I say that she wants me to keep my hand in. She wants me to stay sharp by washing things. And that's just a joke, but I went from there to factory labor, I worked in sawmills. When I was 23 years old, I was a an itinerant farm laborer, living on the farm, in the farmer's barn, and working all day, and eating with the farmer's family, during the harvest. And it did not pay well, except it actually did pay well during the harvest. But when the harvest was over, on itinerant farm labor is no longer employed. And the only thing I could do was get into sales. So I got into sales by backing into it. And I went out and I was not afraid to sell. I find that hunger is a real motivator for a laboring job. And so I was selling a $20 item from office to office to business people. It was a sort of like a credit card for going to restaurants and if you presented the rest of the card you would get a discount and so if a person could actually buy the card which is only twenty dollars and use it once and if the meal was large enough it would pay for itself It was just like a discount card and uh, I thought this would be easy to sell people would just take it out of your hands well it turns out that I began to learn the worst words in the world of sellies which was let me think it over Let me think about it. Leave me some information. Why don't you call me back in a week, a month, or something else? But it was never yes. It was always an excuse. And so I used to get up in the morning. I figured, well, if I made more calls, by the law of probabilities, the odds, I would make more sales. So I'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'd prepare, and I'd make my first call at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I would start knocking on office doors and factory doors and speaking to executives, people who had... $20 to buy a card, but nobody bought anything. It was always the same thing. So let me think about it. Leave me some information. Let me think it over. Let me talk it over with my friends. Who else do I know that may have bought one of your cards and so on? But it was always an excuse to not take action. And I thought that there must be something flawed with my product if nobody was willing to take action. And after about six months, I'd make a sale. I'd eek out is the word. Grasping dirt with your hands and feet. I eat enough to live week by week. Sometimes I didn't eat or only ate once a day. I say that selling, making a living selling without proper sales training, is the fastest weight loss program in the world. I lost about 18 pounds when I began selling the first few weeks and months. It was grim. Finally, after about six months, there was a salesman in our company named Pete, I still remember Pete. And um, Pete was making 10 times as much as anybody else. And he'd roll into the office at 9 or 9.30. He'd quit at 4.30 or 5. He'd go to nice nightclubs and go to nice restaurants. He had a pocket full of money. He was making more than anybody. And so one day, I did something and that changed my life forever. And I still remember it. I said, said to him, I went up to him, and I said, Pete, what are you doing differently from me? How come you're making so many sales and making so much money. We're selling a simple product at a low price in the same market to the same people under the same conditions, and yet you're selling 10 times as much as anyone else. So, and I still remember, because it changed my life, he said, well, show me your sales presentation and I'll critique it for you. I'll give you some feedback on it. And I said, well, I don't have a sales presentation. He said, well, how do you sell? I say, well, I go from office to office and..." I tell people I've got this really great product and if they buy it, they'll make money or save money and they'll be happy that they did it. And he said, "But that's not how you sell. He said, you don't sell by telling. You say, telling is not selling. Whenever you find yourself telling about your product, it means you've gone off the chart. You're not selling anymore. He said, you sell by asking questions. And I still remember this. He said, come with me. And we went across the street from the office. We sat in a park, on a park bench. And he said, I'll show you the process of selling. And he walked me through a series of questions that you ask with a prospect. And starts with very general questions. He said, you have to be sure that this is a genuine prospect, not a suspect. A prospect is someone who can and will buy and pay for your product within a reasonable period of time. A suspect is just someone who's breathing. It may or may not be a prospect. So first thing you have to do is ask questions and ask them about this and ask them about that. The most important part of selling is that the prospect likes you. That they like you, and they trust you, and they believe in you. Now, how do you build trust? Well, the three words that had enormous impact on my life forever after were the words, listening builds trust. And if you're in sales, write this down. Write it on your hand. Write it on your wrist. Remember, talking does not build trust. Talking, in a way, drives people away. Asking questions... And leaning forward and listening intently builds trust. And people cannot buy from you until they reach a certain level of trust where they feel confident enough to accept your recommendations. So the way, the way that you build trust is by asking questions and listening carefully to the answers. By the way, if you're a single male and you're interested in going out with girls, when you meet a girl, don't talk to her and try to impress her. Ask her questions about herself. But the more you ask questions about the other person and listen closely to the answers without interrupting, the more they like you and the more they trust you and the more they open up to you. Nothing will destroy a budding relationship faster than you're talking nonstop. So this is the first thing I learned is is ask questions. Now, What kind of questions do you ask? Well, you ask questions about what they are doing now and what their plans and hopes are for the future And how is what they're doing now working? And would they be open to a different or better way? And so on. But you ask questions that qualify the person before you start mentioning your product at all. In fact, in many cases, the customer or prospect doesn't even know what your product is in the first part of the sales conversation because you're focused more on asking questions. The beginning of your conversation is to build a friendship, is to build trust and listening Builds trust. Remember that. Well, so I went out instead of talk, 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 I just asked questions and listened and leaned forward and paid attention. And another thing that builds trust is when you write down people's answers to your questions. That shows the listener that you really care about what they're saying, that you're not jerking them around or playing a game with them. So ask questions, listen closely, ask follow up questions, write down your answers, and so on, so the prospect realizes that you genuinely care about what it is they may want and need. And then you can ask more detailed questions. For instance, if the person never uses your product, there's no point in talking to them about how good your product is. So the first thing you start off is a question that asks, do you use this product? Would you use it? Would this be helpful to you? And so on. So that's what I began doing. I went out and what Pete did is he took me with him piece of paper and drew a funnel on the paper and with a general question then a less general question and then i like the word seven so it worked out seven questions from the general to the most specific and after the seventh question then you start moving into actually making the sale so i went out and i did that all day and customers behaved differently toward me they leaned forward they offered me a cup of coffee uh, before they used to make me sit in the waiting room and bring me a glass of water. And now they brought me into their offices and they offered me a cup of coffee. And they became interested in buying from me. So uh, I said, now now, what do you do? He said, well, have you read any books on selling? And I still remember that. that con- I said, are there books on selling? I've read 6,000 books in my lifetime. I'm a voracious reader. As, as you know, I've written 91 books. And Published them in 55 languages. So so I'm quite knowledgeable about the subject of writing and reading. I said, are there books on selling? Where would you get them? Well, you get them at a bookstore, which made me feel pretty stupid. I love bookstores. I went, to, was drawn like a magnet to bookstores. And so I went down to the bookstore. I said, do you have any books on selling? They said, yes, they're in the business section. And I went there, and there's this wall of books on selling. I still remember the first book that I bought on selling. I didn't have that much money. I looked at the books and I found a paperback book and it was called How to Sell Well. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to learn how to sell well. This book was written by a man named Heitz Goldman, who's from England. And I read the book from cover to cover and I read it again. And here's a guy with 30 years experience to explain every part of the sales process. While you understand the product, how you find customers, how you position yourself against competition, and so on. And so I read that book and I went, and every time I learned something new, I went out and I practiced it. I practiced it immediately, and this is very important. If you learn something new, put it into action immediately. Now, here's the second thing. Nothing works. At least it doesn't work the first time. And what most people do is either they don't learn, and if they do learn, they'll procrastinate on trying out the new idea, and if it doesn't work immediately they give it up and go back to what they were doing which wasn't working either so this is what you do is when you as soon as you learn something new you immediately apply it try it I would just get up and go straight into an office and use the new material and if it was a good idea it would work a little bit and then if you use it again and again it would work a little bit more a little bit more and pretty soon people would start responding aggressively And I started to make more sales. In one year, after aggressively dedicating myself to reading, learning, and trying it out, my sales, my income went up 10 times. And within the next year, I was allowed to recruit and train other salespeople. Within my second year, I had 95 salespeople in six countries working under me, and from whom I was making an override commission. And then I began to train other sales managers. And soon I had all of Southeast Asia under my control. And I earned more money than I ever dreamed possible. And it came from learning how. I began to study philosophy about this time. I studied many subjects. But one of the things that I studied was Aristotle, because Aristotle was the greatest thinker of all time. And what I learned from Aristotle, it was the law of cause and effect. And what Aristotle said, which basically is the foundation of all science, all mathematics, all philosophy is the law of cause and effect, is that there's a reason for everything that happens. If you want something to happen, find out someone else who's getting that result now and do the same things that they do. And if you do the same things they do over and over, you will soon master the skill and you'll soon get the same results they do. I have easily 5 million graduates worldwide in sales. My audio program, The Psychology of Selling, which I produce for Nightingale Conant, became the best-selling and is the best-selling audio program in multiple languages in history. And people have literally gone from rags to riches with psychology of selling. They've become wealthy. Nightingale Kona, who produced the program, said that more people have become millionaires, more salespeople became millionaires with the psychology of selling than any other sales influence in history. One of my clients that I really admired when I was coming up was Xerox. And Xerox had an organization called Xerox Learning Systems. And what they did is they developed a system of selling, and then they sold the system. So if you wanted to train your salespeople, you would call Xerox Learning Systems, and they would charge you a fortune to uh, train your salespeople. Well, uh, so I was really, really looked up to Xerox because they were so successful. And then they fell out of the sky, and their sales system stopped working. And then what I found, and this is all over a period of years, what I found that Xerox had developed the Xerography printing system. And this system was basically the only way that you could duplicate a letter except from typing it yourself with Xerography, was having it printed through a Xerography system. So they went from store to store, and people said, oh my God, this is save a fortune. I mean, you can actually produce. Dozens, hundreds of books. Well, so Xerox sent their people out and everybody bought Xerox systems with both hands. Became one of the biggest, most successful companies in the world. The salespeople became rich because everybody, you could either write it by hand or type it with a typewriter, which I did at one time, or you could get a Xerox machine. And so Xerox became the world leader and everybody said, wow, their sales system is miraculous is they go out there and they sell to everybody. And then Ricoh and several companies out of Japan, when the patent expired and came off patent, they developed their own machines, which are vastly superior to the Xerox machine, much, much better and cheaper and faster working and so on. And literally Xerox stopped being the kings of the world. They were just one of lots of companies manufacturing xerox machines and instead of them having this miraculous sales system that they were selling to other companies they found that they didn't have a miraculous sales system at all they just had a patent on the xerography process and all the other companies i know because i trained them all they hired me to train them in sales so for me it was wonderful but i found out that this the cause and effect was that xerox had the patent but if you wanted to do copy A piece of paper, you had to use Xerox or do it by hand. What happened when their patent expired is now they had to sell on the basis of competition, speed, quality, price, and so on. And wow. And so I began to study the science of selling and I began to put together sales systems. And people came to my system. My first public seminar had seven people. My second had 12. My third had 14. My fifth had 20. The next seminar had 25. Within two years, I had 1,000 and 2,000 people coming to my big public seminars in huge auditoriums. And what I did is I put together a sales system with seven parts. And I said, here's the systems, the cause and effect relationship. If you follow this system bit by bit, like a recipe, if you mix the recipe in the proper quality and quantity of ingredients out of the other end will come sales. And they did. And people became wealthy. It used to be that I'd have to work, work hard to get people to come to my seminar. Soon I had the top promoters would hire me, and they would go out and put a team into a, a city like Chicago and bring 1,000 or 2,000 people into an auditorium, and I would come and I would teach my system. And my system was very simple it's, it's till, to this day. In fact, I'll tell you the system, and here's an interesting thing. It's like a beautiful dish if you miss one of the ingredients— or you have the wrong quality and quantity of the ingredient, you won't make the sale. Just like if you prepare a dish, the dish is not going to taste very good if you don't put in the proper ingredients. I began to take these ingredients and I found that your weakest key ingredient, or skill, sets the height of your income. Now this to me, it still rings in my mind. Your weakest key skill sets the height of your income. So one of the things you have to do is you have to say, well, If I'm going to become excellent in selling, where am I weak? That's where you start because that's what's holding you back. That's what's determining the restaurants you go to, the car you drive, the house you live in. Everything is determined by your weakest skill. And so what you do is you start by going after your weakest skill. And I remember that my weakest skill was closing sales, closing the sale. And here's an interesting thing is if you're not good at closing the sale, you're not good at opening the sale because something happens inside of you If you know each time you get to the end and you ask them for the order and they put you off or make an excuse or have you call back later, soon you become discouraged and you lose your enthusiasm for calling and making calls in the first place. Because what the heck, you can make 10 calls, speak to 10 prospects, and they're all going to say no. And so this is one of the biggest killers, and it took me years to understand this, people sabotage themselves by this thought in the back of their mind that they're not going to buy anyway. So therefore, they're not enthusiastic about making the call in the first place. So I realized that. And I realized that closing the sale was the key psychological barrier for me. So I began reading and studying and sending away for everything on closing sales. And then I put together a program. And the program is called The Art of Closing the Sale. And that became the most popular single sales system of all time, worldwide. You can get it right now. You can go to Audible. You can download it. And there's 24 techniques. There's more than 100 sales closing techniques. But based on my years of research and thousands of sales calls, there's 24. And so what I do is I teach you in that course, you just listen to it and you practice it, listen to it over and over again until you memorize it. And then from that time on, you can hardly wait to make calls because you know you, if this is an interested prospect, they're going to buy from you because you have the answer. There's no manipulation. There's no tricks. There's nothing fast. It's all just very genuine, helping a good prospect decide to buy from you. So I did this 24 techniques for closing the sale. And when I began speaking, public speaking, this is the first course that I offered. And I charged $95 just at the point where I was almost broke. I got 95 people came to my first seminar at a downtown hotel. And it was guaranteed it unconditionally. If you're not happy with this three-hour seminar, no charge. But you have to pay to get in. And nobody ever asked for the money back. The sales became more and more and larger and larger and so on. And so then we reversed all the way back up to prospecting. Now if you know how to close the sale, now you have to know how to get the sale. And so there's seven parts of the system and these are all based on incredible amounts of research, 22 years of research paid for by some of the biggest companies in the world with a good friend of mine named Neil Rackham. He became a friend later, and what he did was, was a professor. And what he did is they paid, put about $20 million behind him to go out and do interviews with customers and salespeople and find out what actually took place when a sale took place. And so he did lots of work, So lots of people. My work was even better because Neil was never in sales. He's a good friend of mine still, but he had never sold anything. He'd just done the research on how sales were made. And so what I did is I put together and I took his stuff, took it apart, I emphasized some of the material, and then I began to read every other bit of research that's been done over hundreds and hundreds of hours. So I came up with, number one, is prospecting. How do you get a meeting with a qualified prospect in the first place? Step number two is building rapport. Is how do you build a relationship with a prospective customer that, where the person likes you and trusts you and is open to you and is willing to answer your questions? This, by the way, is the critical skill, which comes from listening builds trust. Listening builds trust. But there are several other things that build trust. And then step number three is qualifying And you ask them questions of every kind on what they're doing now, what they've done in the past, what they plan to do in the future, and so on. And then step number four is presenting. So now you have found the right prospect. You've built rapport. You have qualified them by asking them a whole series of questions about what they're doing now, what they hope to do in the future. And then you present and you show that your product or service is the very best decision for them, all things considered. Then number five is answering objections because every prospect has reasons why not. There's objections then because every prospect is afraid of being taken advantage of. They're afraid of paying too much. They're afraid of getting the wrong product and so on. One of the things which was very helpful to me, and I learned this from some of the best companies, is to offer a sweeping guarantee. They find that the greater the guarantee, the more confidence a person has in buying from you. If you have a guarantee that's seven days, the return rate will be 60%, 70% if your guarantee is one year or five years. And then I finally learned the great secret which made me the biggest, highest-selling audio tape producer in the world was lifetime guarantee. And they said, well, people take advantage of you. They'll take your stuff and they'll use it, and then they'll ask for their money back. I said, no, there's a certain type of person who's committed... To personal growth and personal development they don't want their money back they just want your product to work and when i learned that oh my god so what you do is you tell them this product will work this is what it will do for you these are the results you'll get this is additional income here's an example of people who went from ranks to riches and so on and i used to give a one-month guarantee a three-month guarantee a one-year guarantee i'll tell you what take the programs listen to them try them out and if for any reason you're not happy, for the rest of your life, send them back and there's no charge. No charge, no questions. And people say, well, how can you do that? Because if people are happy with the program, if they're getting the results that you promised, they don't want their money back. They're too busy making money. It's a pain in the neck to He's packaging up things and sending them back for $100 or whatever it costs. And so my sales went up. And my return rate went through the floor. And so people started to tell other people, go to the seminar, buy the programs, go to the seminar, buy the programs. And I met my friend Harvey McKay, asked him to do a little promo for me for one of my programs. And he said, there are three reasons why you should buy Brian's program. It works, it works, it works, which is the only thing that people want to know. Just convince me that it works, just just make me feel confident that it works. And we had people who've asked for their money back. Sometimes we would get a surge of returns around Christmas time. They would buy the program in the fall and then December comes and it's Christmas present time for their family and they'd ask for their money back. And then after Christmas, middle of January, (laughs) they'd come back and buy the program back again. (laughs) So it was great. I made Nightingale Conant a rich company. Because my sales represented an enormous quantity, of enormous percentage of their sales. And then there's number six, is answering objections. Answering objections. And number seven is closing the sale. So now we come. We have You meet people. You establish rapport. You qualify them to find out what it is that they want and need and can afford to pay for. You present your product or service. You answer their objections. You close the sale. And then you get resales and referrals. So once a person buys from you, they buy from you again, and they tell other people to buy from you as well. So my sales just went through the roof, and everybody who used my system. Breathe in, breathe out, follow the system, like a recipe, and you'll make great money. And as you know from my material, it's not complicated, it's not manipulative, it makes no attempt whatever to fool the person, it's to help people. So I tell my salespeople, I said, don't see yourself as a salesperson. See yourself as a helper. You aren't a helper. Your job is to go out and help people achieve their goals with your product. And so you find out what it is that they want and need and are willing to pay for. What are the goals that are most important to them? And your job is to help them to get those goals in a cost-effective way. And if you do that, and if the customer sees you as genuinely concerned about helping them, achieve the benefits of your product or service, they'll buy from you, they'll buy from you again, and they'll tell their friends to buy from you as well. So the key to successful selling basically is resales. People are so happy with their first purchase that they buy another one. And the second part is bringing and getting referrals. There are many companies that just have one central focus and it's to get referrals. It's to treat their customers so well that their customers willingly give them names and addresses of other people who buy and so the very best companies in the world are the companies that have tremendous referral systems everybody is trained to ask for referrals how do you ask for referrals you promise them that if you're not happy for any reason case you have your money back so this is what my sales experience has been and every single thing that you study leads to that seven-part system that recipe for seller. and it works anywhere in the world and it works with any product and any service and any person at any age and any company. But it also fails if you don't use it. It fails. If, it's like you didn't use a particular spice in a particular dish that requires that spice. Then the dish doesn't taste that good. There's nothing you can do to make it taste good if you leave out an, an essential ingredient. So that's what we do in sales. And I've now I've built a 150 person sales consultancy organization around the world, where people went into companies, large and small, and trained 20, 30, 40, 50 people. And we had overhead projectors and all kinds of equipment and workbooks with everything written out. They just still have them. And more people, as I said, have become wealthy using this material. And all it was is going back to Aristotle, cause and effect. How do salespeople make sales? They followed these seven steps. And they do them one at a time. They don't go and do them all at once. They do one at a time. Sometimes it takes two or three meetings. I've worked with sales professionals who took, uh, who would meet for an hour and they'd say, I'd like to meet with you again at a later time and show you some of the things that, that we can do for you. Wouldn't even try to make the sale. What they would try to do is get a really good understanding and build rapport so that you knew them and you liked them and you trusted them and you're open to talking to them, listening to them, and buying from them uh, at a subsequent meeting. So all of this stuff is cause and effect. And if you want to make a lot of money, when I started off in sales, the most money I ever made in my life was $14,000 in a year. And working my butt off, i start in the morning, I'd work all day, i work weekends, I'd go out in the evenings and knock on doors and so on. And I made $14,400. I know because that's what I wrote down on my tax return. And we don't usually lie or exaggerate (laughs) on our tax returns. And then it went up. And five years after I began to use these techniques, I made, surprisingly enough, $140,400 five years later. And within 10 years, I was earning more than a million dollars a year in sales, selling commission-based products. Anybody else can do it. You just do it. It's like riding a bicycle. The first time you ride it, it'll be wobbly, and you may fall down, and second time and the third time, eventually you reach the point where you can ride a bicycle, any nerves, without any problems at all. And the more confidence you have, the faster you ride, the more money you make, the faster you move ahead. So, so I'm talking a lot, but I want to give you guys as much valuable information as possible. But remember, it's up to you. You have the power in your own being to decide to earn 10 times what you're earning today. I call it the 10-time factor. Earn 10 times what you're earning today and then learn how to seven steps in all products and services worldwide have the same seven steps. And, you know, I think I'm the only person who's ever crystallized the steps, written them into books, taught them into seminars, and people take it and they get results. Just bang, like fireworks. It's a wonderful thing.
1: Brian? I'm so glad I got to have a chance to listen in to all the amazing insights from what you shared and everybody else that's listening in got to have the same experience. Again, I just want to reiterate the prospecting, build rapport, qualifying, present, answer objections, close. And then the biggest one that I know a lot of people forget to put so much emphasis on is the resale and the referral. You have your seven step formula and it makes it so powerful for you to think, hey, we need to look at which one may be our weakest link and make sure to work on that so that our baseline moves up based on what is the lowest of these steps that we might be struggling with. And there's answers to all of them. There are libraries of products, whether it's the audiobooks, the books, the programs. And for those of you who look at the show notes, there's going to be the psychology of selling where you can learn so much more from Brian. You're going to be able to go and click on that link and get yourself a copy. I've been through this book. Fantastic thing to listen to and apply in your business. And one of the things we started off with is just looking at sales as being a very difficult thing yes it is but if there was one caveat to its difficulty i love that how sales will tell you the truth immediately you know we talk about the bad recipe and i love that example brian but sometimes when we're nice to people even if it tastes bad we'll tell them oh it's pretty good but in sales the results cause and effect is so immediate and direct that you know when it's bad and you know you can improve And having the faith that when you follow the steps, you can improve, you can be good, and it can provide you such a beautiful amount of income to be abundant in the process while helping people. And again, you've iterated this a few times. It's never manipulation. It's helping, you're a helper. And this is the mindset that I've been trying to instill to everyone that's on my show and bring someone like you on to share your vision. What you teach is so aligned to the values that we have, which brings me to the one question I love to ask in closing, Brian, to every one of my guests, which is being on the Selling With Love podcast. What does selling with love mean to you?
0: Well, it means that you care about your customers. You want to help them. You want to help them improve their lives With your product, as almost you see your product as a leverage factor, they plus your product equals a much better life, much better results. And sometimes, one new product, one new service, one new idea can transform a person's life and make them vastly more successful. And they'll remember that time I learned or that technique, or I got that method, or I bought that product from you, it was the turning point in my life. So, your job is to see yourself as a helper. And remember, there's a wonderful saying that says, some will, some won't, so what, next. So so you'll talk to people and they won't be interested, even though they obviously need what you have to say. So some will, some won't, so what, next. And just keep on moving. Just keep on moving. Always be polite, always be thankful, and just keep moving. Remember, in the final analysis, your success is going to be determined by the number of people that you speak to and the number of people that speak to you and who like you and feel positive about you. And the critical thing that you have to do is knock on doors, talk to people. The more people you talk to, the more sales you will make. And simultaneously, the better you will get and the less time it will take you to make those sales.
1: I love it. And you were very lucky in your youth that you've encountered a Pete that you were able to model, learn from. And I think it's wonderful to see that you've had a chance to be a Pete to the millions of people who are looking for more success and who are facing these struggles. And hopefully a few thousand more from listening to this podcast, you've been able to be inspired by the one and only Brian Tracy. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing. I had a list of questions, but you kind of hit them all in the conversation. So I am happy, I am excited, and I'm grateful. So thank you so much. And for all of those who are listening look into the show notes you can grab the psychology of selling you can go deeper with brian's material and of course when you go out there keep selling with love
0: thank you and best of luck to you my friend
1: i am your host jason mark campbell and this is the selling with love podcast